Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A., and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. Today on Who's That Star, we have a Lansing local. He was born and raised in Lansing Community. He graduated from Lansing Catholic Central High School. After high school, he attended Lansing Community College and earned an associate's degree. While attending LCC, this star worked on the college newspaper, The Lookout. He was the sports editor. After LCC, this star transferred to MSU and majored in journalism. As an undergraduate student, he worked as a sport editor in Grand Ledge, first for the Grand Ledge Independent, then for Ledge's Shopping Guide. Upon graduating from MSU in 1988, our star started a job as editor-in-chief of the Leslie Local Independent, a weekly newspaper in Leslie, Michigan. He stayed there until 1999. While employed at the Leslie Local, he also got very involved in community activities. He was president of the Leslie Chamber of Commerce for three years, president of the Leslie Fall Festival Committee for two years, and president of the Leslie Outreach Food Bank for one year. In 1999, he left the Leslie Local and started working for community newspapers as an associate editor of the Ingham County News in Mason. He was promoted three times in four years with community newspapers, winding up at managing editor, overseeing 14 newspapers, wow, while serving as editor for five of them. Now, that's a lot going on. How do you do that? We'll have to Mm -hmm. ask. He applied for and accepted the job as advisor of the lookout at LCC in 2004. He worked for both M Live and LCC until 2016 when he was laid off from M Live. He has worked only at LCC since then. He and his family have lived in Leslie since 1999. He and his wife, Carolyn, have been married for nearly 37 years. They have three grown children, Nolan, Brendan, and Danielle. His hobbies are collecting baseball cards, playing and collecting pinball machines, watching movies, bowling, playing softball, and competing in trivia leagues. Oh, he does a lot. <laughs> okay, are you guys ready to learn who's today's star? Drum roll, please. Today's star is Larry Hook, advisor of The Lookout. Larry, we are so glad to have you here today. Glad to be here. Thank you. 
you know, you had a lot going on in regards to like hobbies and working so many different places. I can't wait to talk about that. But first, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what's important to you in your life right now? Well, I'm, I love my job at The Lookout. I'm the advisor and I oversee the, it's kind of like being the publisher of a newspaper. I oversee the staff. I do the hiring. I teach them journalism basically informally. I'm not officially a teacher, but I, I set them down and give them lessons at our staff meetings and uh, talk to them on the phone pretty much every day and um, assign the stories and uh, just oversee the paper. Uh, I love doing that. Um, beyond that, I like I said, I have a lot of hobbies, and uh, I love watching movies every night and watching baseball. I'm a big Tigers fan, even though they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> I really love baseball, and uh, I love playing softball. I've been playing since I was 16 years old. I've still played up until last year. We had a co-ed team that went for 42 straight years. Wow. It looks like it's not going to happen this year. Um, oh. We're kind of retiring, but I still may play on like a 50 and over team or something. But we've been playing against 20 and 30-year-olds, and they've been hitting rockets at me. And right. I'm getting too old for that. So. Hey, <laughs> that you did it for a long time, though. Yeah, I did. And uh I love bowling. I'm the president of the LCC Bowling League. I don't think I put that on that long oh, resume. <laughs> no. Okay. So. I didn't even know we had a bowling team. Yeah, it's a it's an employee bowling league. Okay. And uh, I'm the president of that. I've been in that league since it started 12 years ago, and I've been president for three years. Wow. So I'm in charge of that. Um, I like being in charge of things. I've coached numerous sports. My I coached all my kids in soccer, softball, basketball, bowling. I was the varsity bowling coach at Leslie for six years. Wow. And I founded that program. They, I went to the athletic director and said, why don't we have bowling? And he said, you want to coach it? And I said, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> got into another thing. Usually I can't say no to things. So um, as long as I can be in charge, I'm not, you, you're good with it. I'm that kind. <laughs> hey, that's okay. At least, you know, right. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your role and the work that you do here at LCC. I know you said you're the editor, but... No, I'm the advisor. You're the advisor. Yeah. Okay, so can you go a little bit more in-depth on what the Lookout is and sure. how you advise that? The Lookout is, uh, well, it used to be a bi-weekly paper. It used to come out every two weeks before COVID. Mm -hmm. um, it's been published since 1959 at LCC. Um, like I said uh, earlier, said in the resume that I, I was the uh, sports editor back in the early '80s, and I loved it then as a as an employee. We did things so much different back in the '80s. People don't even understand how much work it was to do stories in the '80s. Right. But, uh, you had to write everything out by hand and type it, and uh, it was really hard. But um, when I came back as advisor, then. Uh, I oversee the students. Um, there's there's an editor, there's an associate editor, there's a sports editor, there's a photo editor, a couple staff writers. Um, our staff is currently six people. Okay. Um, and we come out, uh, we print about six issues a year now. Okay. So like once a month during the fall and spring semesters. Mm -hmm. But we are online every day. We have uh, stories published every weekday throughout the whole year, except for the one week at Christmas time when we're closed. Right. Um, we print, we print 
publish stories almost every day all year long. So in the summer and Christmas break and spring break and things, we're still publishing. Students are still writing. Yep. Yep. And I'm overseeing it and put, putting them on the website. Okay. Cause I didn't realize that we had the online, uh, piece for you know for the paper and I guess I should have because were you doing that before pre-COVID not so much no we we had a website up until before COVID and when COVID came and we were forced to go home Mm -hmm. we learned how to use it real fast and it turned out it was a great move I mean it's so much easier now to do things online Um, when something happens we can report it immediately rather than waiting two weeks or a week to, to get it out get the news out um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people like you that don't realize we have an online presence. And honestly, it's the older people that read the paper, the physical right. paper, and the younger <laughs> people that know how to use the online stuff. So it's, it's exactly because I look forward to reading. You know, I grab the paper and I go through it and look at it. And I, you're right. Um, I'm aging myself. Yeah, well, but, me too. Yeah. But the uh, the staff here. I mean, we have a lot of readers on staff that that don't even read online, but they get the paper when it comes out and mm-hmm. pick it up and. And the other way around with the students, they they never, you know, if they pick up a paper, they'll look at it for a second, set it back down. And I'm like, no, take it with you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't leave it there. That is that is something. Did you think like when you started as an editor here at LCC, like, did you know you wanted to do journalism then? Or, yeah. Or, I did from high school. Actually, I started out wanting to be a professional baseball player. I wanted to be a Detroit Tiger. Okay. And up until about senior year, I thought I was going to suddenly have great talent and be a baseball <laughs> player. I didn't even make the varsity team. but Wow. So, hey. So uh, at that point, I thought, well, it'd be cool to report about baseball, you know, and cover the Tigers or cover, you know, baseball. And so I thought, I'll go into journalism. And so from senior year on, I knew I wanted to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. And I thought I wanted to be a sports writer only. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turned out, when you go to college for journalism, they teach you all how to do news and how to do you know features and all that. And so when I went out into the real world, quote marks, <laughs> for a job, um, the, they asked me if I could do news and, and different things. I said, yeah, I can do that. You know, So I ended up being the editor-in-chief of the Leslie Local. Right. And uh, I did everything. I got to do the sports, but I also had to do the news and everything else. And and sometimes there was nothing going on in Leslie. We only have 2,000 people in Leslie. And so there wasn't a lot of news going on. So I went out and cor- sort of made the news because I became the president of the chamber and president of the fall festival. And I thought, if nothing's happening here, I'll make something happen. Then right. I can write about it. So Exactly. <laughs> so that's how I got so active in the community, uh, just to get some things happening so we'd have some news. And then when my kids were born, I backed off a little bit on the community service and started coaching their sports. Right. <laughs> hey, though, but you've been busy. Oh, I've always been so busy, and now I'm not, and it's nice. <laughs> well, with that role change from, you know, being an editor and actually writing and now being an advisor, and you were an advisor for a long time, but you still had a taste of the writing mm-hmm. up until 2016. Right, right. I was, st- yeah, that, I was out in the real world and I could bring that knowledge back to my students. Mm-hmm. You know, I missed that a little bit because I worked for MLive and they kind of backed off on what reporting community news, just like every other newspaper nowadays, you know, because print isn't there anymore. So, right. um, but I used to cover city council meetings, school board meetings, a lot of business features, and mm-hmm. I was out in the real world, and then I could report back to my students what I'm learning out there in the real world, 
and use my real experiences to to teach them the things they need to know. And I still use all those. Right. And one of the one of the key things I teach my students is about fatal errors. Mm-hmm. And a fatal error is when you misspell a proper noun, oh. especially a name. It's the worst thing you can do. You know, somebody finally gets their name in a paper and it's spelled wrong. <laughs> And you don't want to do that. And when I was in uh, when I was in uh, college at MSU, if you had a fatal error, the best grade you could get was a D. Wow. So I, I mean, I had a teacher named Cindy Kyle that taught me about fatal errors. No, she was really. Is that tough. is is it more than just one? Like more than just misprinting or misspelling a proper noun? Yeah. Is there? Just one. You get one proper noun wrong, and it's a fatal error, and you get a D. Okay, so like if Shoprite. Can't any name of a store, anything yeah. like that. Or Ashley, you know, you don't ask how to spell it. You just assume it's A-S-H-L-E-Y, uh, but it's E-E. Or, oh, right. Yeah, or okay. John, J-O-N, you know, just oh. the simple things like that. I, I teach them, you got to ask them how to spell it. Don't trust any website. You got to ask that person. person. Yeah. yeah, but that's good insight. Yeah. And that's things that I think sometimes you have experience of being like the old school reporter. I am. You know what I mean? I'm like, definitely old school. And so you, I don't, I, I mean, I feel like I always think about, you know, like the newsrooms back in the day when people were in there and they're writing and doing how you had to get it to press and stuff like that. It just seems like it's a different time now. It's so different. Yeah. When we built the paper back in the eighties and nineties, I was using wax and exacto knives and, uh, actual paper, you know, you, you had to put wax on the back of the paper and slap it down on the on the page mm, and yeah. rearrange things and make the headlines fit perfectly. And oh, it was it was very hard to build a paper back then. And so, as a result, a writer could only maybe do one or two stories a week just because it took so long to produce it. Gotcha. Now st- these students can write five, six stories a week, and pretty easy, you know, because. You just type it and boom, there it is. You just throw it online. (laughs) So as an advisor, do you make sure like before it goes out, you have to review the whole paper or like I know you're teaching them skills and I know that you're the person that they go to. But this is a paid position, right? Isn't it? Mine or yeah. theirs? Yeah, Yours. All, all of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the students get paid too. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they get paid above minimum wage, so huh? Yeah, I thought that was like okay. I want to be a you know in journalism, so I'm going to learn. But you know what? Actually, I saw you previously at an event, and one of your stellar people because we're going to talk about that too. Okay, <laughs> um. Was going into, uh, was it sonography, or ra- radiology, or um, surgical tech? Okay. It was surgical tech. Okay. The young lady, she had won a lot of awards. Chloe. Yeah. Okay. And Chloe. she was, I think she was going. It was in a different major that wasn't even in journalism. She's a dental hygienist. Did okay. I said everything, <laughs> but <laughs> I was trying to think of who you met. Yeah, that's who. Yeah, she, and yet she says that, and she just wrote her farewell column, but she talked about how. Writing has helped her get through school, and you can always use writing in real life, you know. Out, exactly. You know? And you can fake your way through a lot of things if you're a good writer, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I know I'm kind of going off. I didn't ask a lot. That's okay. I'm going, but I wanted to talk to you about, because this is something that I'm super proud of and that I found out about um, at, that, at that event we went to. Um, talk about... How great 
the lookout is. We just won a whole bunch of stuff. We did. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, we entered uh, two different contests. Every year we entered two contests. One of them is the Michigan Press Association um, College Journalism Awards, and we won seven awards in that. We didn't get any real big ones in that one, but we got second and third and a couple. But of seven? Us. Yeah. And then in the other one, that's the Michigan Community College Press Association, which sounds pretty similar, but it's MCCPA. Okay. That one is for two-year colleges only. Oh, okay. And uh, we won 10 awards, including the first place for general excellence. Wow. And, yeah, and that's the big award. If you get general excellence, that means you're better than the rest. Hey, <laughs> so. but I mean, when you think about seven at one and 10 at another... That's the you you the guys are amazing. Yeah. And and so. though and that we must have a really good quality staff. And I actually I enjoyed like reading the paper and and finding out what students thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. And then they'd have the part where they'd ask different questions about the students. Like they'd ask, like, what are you doing for uh spring break? And yep. then or what's your favorite time of fall or just different things that they'd ask. And it was always kind of insightful to find out what students were thinking. Yeah. That's something we call campus comments. And okay. It's a, it goes back to the old man on the street from the night. It goes way back to the 1940s or whatever. It's an old, just ask somebody on the street a question, you know, and, yeah. and that's, it's, that's a fun, fun little exercise, I guess. It is. I really, I, I love that. Well, you've been here, for so long, Larry, tell me why you keep staying. What keeps you here? What keeps you coming to work? Well, I love journalism. I love my job. I, I love working with the students and seeing them succeed. Um, some of them come in and don't really know how to write much at all, and I, I like teaching them. We don't have a lot of journalism programs here, We or classes. We have Mike Cohen's the only journalism teacher here, and he teaches a basic journalism class, and then I think he teaches column writing, and he does a really good job of teaching, but there's only one or two classes offered here at LCC, so mm -hmm. a, a lot of the students that come in haven't even taken those classes, and they're trying journalism for the first time. I, I get a lot of creative writers that come in and think I want poetry or right. short stories, and I have to teach them, no, that's not what we're doing here, but... But you are a good writer. I, I'll say, you definitely can write. Now i got to teach you the style. Right. So you have to teach them about quotes and make sure that uh, they understand that you have to quote people accurately and spell names right. And, right. And uh, there's a lot of things I have to teach them. So I, I love being able to pass my knowledge along. Um, I worked in, the, you know, in journalism for 40 years, mm -hmm. and so it's nice to be able to share that with somebody and have somebody go out in the real world and succeed. And there's a lot of them out there that are succeeding in journalism. Um, Maddie Warren's at M MSU now. She's the, uh, well, not, she's not sports editor, but she got to cover college hockey and college basketball and all this different stuff. And she loves sports like I do. Mm -hmm. And so it was nice that she, when she was here, she was editor in chief, but it was during COVID. And we really couldn't do anything during COVID. Right. <laughs> so she's out there now going to hockey games, basketball games, you know. So I'm really proud of her. Um, Michael Caterina, he's a lot older. He was here 16, 17 years ago, but he's made a great career in journalism as a photojournalist. Oh, wow. Brian Wells is another one that's succeeding in photojournalism. 
um, you know, and I see their names in print and get things on Facebook from them all the time. And there's other ones. There's yeah, that's a good, but isn't that a good feeling? It is. To see that you've been instrumental in helping people find their passions or cultivate their passions. I think that's so great. Yeah. And, you know, out of the staff of six this year, maybe one will go into journalism, as it turns out. And if that happens, that's great. Right. One out of six is great. Because nobody knows what they want to do at this age, you know, at yeah. age 18 or 20. And some of them come in thinking they never want to be a journalist and they change. So how do students find you? Like, do they, are you putting out like a job ad or is it word of mouth or what? Like, are you looking for people out of high school or when they come in? How can someone say, oh, I want to work for the lookout? That's a good question. It's a little bit of everything. And we... In July, if I have op openings, I'll post a job. But a lot of times it's like in September when the school year started and they're looking for something to do. And, and, and students don't look ahead much. You know, in July, they're not even thinking about a job. So in September, somebody walks in and goes, I'd like to work here. And I say, well, I've filled all the positions now, but give me your name. And uh, do you have any writing samples? And mm. so that's one way. So they way. need to have a writing sample. They writing need to, samples are good yeah. and resumes. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes I'll see somebody, you know, we used to get letters to the editor. That's not, that doesn't happen much anymore. Mm -hmm. Somebody would write a good letter to the editor and I would call them and say, do you want to write for us? Because <laughs> you wrote really well. I've, oh. I've hired at least three people just from letters to the editor. Wow. Yeah. So that's a good way to find somebody. Um, writing classes um, for photojournalism. I call Ike Lee, the teacher here, and, mm -hmm. and say, do you have anybody that would like to be our photo editor? And the last two people I've hired came from Ike for recommendations. If he recommends them, I know they're good enough. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So, so, and you know, I recommend people to other papers too at times and say, you know, like the state news for Maddie, I knew she'd be great out there. So, um, yeah. Now do, is there like a, an association with like, I know you said that they ha like we won awards, but do 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 they have like conferences for we do. yeah for student writers and student newspapers and do they do things like networking and stuff like that? Not as much as you'd hope, but yeah, we the, the last conference we went to was at CMU. It was April first. Okay, no fooling. No, <laughs> <laughs> but April 1st and there was uh, uh, several seminars they had speakers come in from uh, the former CMU people that are in the journalism world now from they work for the Detroit News and M Live and different places like that and they came in and gave lessons on sports writing photography oh, wow. news writing and then there was a, a featured speaker that spoke during the luncheon and that's where we got our awards at the end of that day. But that it's a whole conference that okay. day. And all the advisors from the 10 papers that were competing, we meet and get together and come up with ways that we could work together. Okay. Um, a lot of those things never seem to happen. Yeah, it seemed like you get busy, but at yeah. least you're communicating and, yeah. and starting. But what I do with those is just ask a lot of questions to the other advisors. How do you do it? You know, how many times do you print a year? Mm -hmm. How much do your students get paid? Do they take a class or do they, you know, because some of them, some of the students at other colleges don't even get paid. They, they take a class and okay. it's part of the class. Oh, wow. And then other ones pay more than we do. Other ones um, have a lot more students than we do. In fact, most of them have more than we do, and yet we still won the award. Because so. you're putting out papers. Yeah. I mean, putting out articles. and we, we average about 15 articles a week during the school year, and I asked most of those advisors, and they said usually five to six articles a week. So. Wow. So, yeah. So. Right. You can see, that's a, that's a good thing. I feel like, 
you're giving them a good experience. I work them hard. Yeah, <laughs> and they get that, but it carries over, mm-hmm. right? Like into a real life setting. So, um, I just could talk to you all day about this, <laughs> but let's find out a little bit more about you. You, I, I mentioned some hobbies. Okay. And the one that I wanted to talk about is the pin pinball. Yeah. I Tell got, me about that a little bit. I like playing pinball when I was a kid. I got my first pinball machine when I was 13. Um, I put it out in my garage and I opened the garage door and let kids in the neighborhood come over and put their quarters in. Okay. And I made enough money on the first one to buy a second pinball machine. <laughs> so um, from then on, it was just became a passion of mine. And I now have 11 pinball machines. They're all from 1968 to 1989 is when they were manufactured. So they're wow. all older. They're all yeah. antiques. Um, you got space. They're actual true size. Yeah, they're full size. And they, uh. I have uh, five in my basement and six in my garage. Wow. So, yeah, they don't all fit in one place. But Yeah. Um, but have, that's nice, though. You still got a nice five. You can have people downstairs, then people outside. You can have the pinball. Uh, you can have the, what, 70s? Party, we do, we do. Yeah, that. I have records out there in the garage, and I have uh, a refrigerator, of course, so we can have beverages, and we have a ping pong table, and yeah, um, yeah, we have a lot of fun out there. Party, we have birthday parties out there, and then in the winter, I was too cold to go out in the garage, so I still got five in the basement I can play. So, <laughs> and then you talked about um, you're uh, on the bowling, you're the president, president of the LCC, of bowling, LCC league, yeah. bowling league. Then what type of movies do you like, you enjoy? Oh, I love comedies and I love uh, thrillers. I like most movies, but I collect certain, uh, like all the Adam Sandler movies, I have them all. Okay. You know, I'll watch them back to back to back until, until I get to the end, and then I go to somebody else, and then I'll watch all the, uh, like right now I'm watching Olivia Newton-John movies, which is pretty obscure. Okay. But you'd be surprised, she's been in 18 movies. Wow. Because everybody thinks Grease, Xanadu, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's been in 18 movies, and some of them she's just got a cameo appearance, but it's just how I end up watching a lot of movies I wouldn't watch otherwise. And yeah, you find a person, yeah. and then, cool. That's yeah. a, Larry, that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> I had never thought about that, so. Yeah, I'm going to watch all the James Bond movies pretty soon. That's when I got collected. You know, there's 27 of them, so that'll wow. be a good so with all the different bonds, yep, yep. you just like the bond series, not a specific bond. Right. Just a bond. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's that's interesting. And then you said you like competing in trivia leagues. Yeah, we play in trivia leagues on, right now it's Tuesday nights, but a bunch of my friends, I got friends that I went to high school with and we still play together. Oh, wow. We play trivia together. And uh, my family, my my son is a trivia master. He's 20, 26 years old and he's so good at trivia. Wow. And uh, he, he loves music and uh, he's a musician, so he gets all the music questions right. And he knows geography and he knows history. And my, my thing's sports and I know a lot of movies, obviously. Yeah. So, and then my wife, she knows like, Cooking and books and different things. So you put all your knowledge together and, you know. You I, a dynamic team, yeah, huh? Uh-huh, Since so. they can't be beat. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I could I could talk to you all, uh, all day, um, Larry. You're very interesting. But I'm going to ask you um, something I want to know, like, what are you most proud of that you've done in the last year? In the last year? Mm-hmm. Well, or if you can't think of that, period. 
I'm thinking, uh, in the last year, I guess getting the general excellence award as, as a professional, I mean, that's, that's huge to me to have our staff get first place in general excellence for, you know, for, so professionally it would be that, um, okay. as a fam, as a family man, I'm just proud of my kids and my wife. You know, I have a, I have a great family and my son's getting married this year. Oh, congratulations. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I'm really proud of him. He became a nurse and he's working at Sparrow hospital. Oh, I'm wow. really proud of that. Yes. So. Um, you know, I guess I'm proud of me for having such good kids. Exactly. <laughs> if I if I can use that, but uh, you know, m- my kids are all amazing and very smart, and um, they work hard, and they're good kids, and they don't get in trouble. And I, I, hey, <laughs> that's a great thing right there. Yeah. When you can you can see that you've put in the work, and you know your kids have come out on the other side all right mm-hmm. hey that's a good thing i kept an eye on them all the way up coaching them and everything i could so <laughs> yeah it's, you spent the time and yeah. you did that and my wife did too she was with, yeah. she did all that too so she's she's a great mom <laughs> well i wanted to we're going to wrap up our interview but i want to let you kind of describe what you think your next big project is um, we got to redo our living room <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and we got to clean out the basement, but, um, I'm always working on my baseball. We didn't mention my baseball card collection, oh, but I have yeah, 400,000 baseball cards. What? <laughs> so that's one of my other hobbies that, you know, I'm constantly collecting baseball cards and I have every, every tiger from 52 to present, every tiger's ever made 1951 to current. And I have all the complete top sets from 70 to present. So. Larry, you are, you really are into those, like, how did you get into that to keep it going? I guess my thing is, is that, you know, people start collections, but you've been dedicated and true with the pinball machines, with the baseball. Yeah, the records, the albums. The records, yeah, like. (laughs) Movies, yeah. And once I get started, I can't stop, so, um. Yeah, I never get rid of anything. And my wife doesn't collect anything, so. <laughs> so she, you take all the space. She, she's wonderful because she lets me have my toys. Oh, yes, yeah, she is. So, uh, she is. Yeah, but um, big projects beyond that. Just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm enjoying life right now. You know, I'm getting near the retirement age, but I'm not ready to retire. I want to be here at least three or four more years. Oh, so, wow, yes. Um, um, that would I've, I've got 19 years now, so I don't know if I'll get to 25, but I'm not in any rush to leave because I like doing what I'm doing. Right. That's a good thing. So, yeah. yeah. And I I just want to thank you so much for coming on Who's That Star today. Wow. You have so much. We could do uh, part two and three <laughs> just to kind of dive a little bit more into some of your interests. But I do, I, I'm proud of The Lookout, and I think you make a lot of that happened, even though the students are doing the work, you guide them. So thank you. Yeah, advisor means you give advice if they want it. If they don't want it, then you just let them work. So, uh, hey. But I oversee everything. So, yeah, I, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of my staff. Well, we're glad that you're here on staff with us at LCC. And thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Who's That Star? I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out Who's That Star. Featuring the staff, faculty, 
students, and others that helped to make Lansing's Premier College what it is today. You're listening to LCC Connect. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College is a proud collaborator of the Mason Promise Scholarship. The Mason Promise Scholarship is a community organization of volunteers that guarantees funding for two years of Lansing Community College education to selected Mason Public School students. For more information on the Mason Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu slash hope. For over 30 years, Ellie's Place has provided grief support to children and teens at no cost to families. Serving over 31,000 individuals in the Capital Region, they offer peer-to-peer support groups that provide a safe place for individuals to talk about the death of someone near them while working through their feelings and emotions as they learn to embrace loss. We're a stronger community when we care for each other. For more information and grief resources, visit elliesplace.org. Lansing Community College's Business and Community Institute provides businesses with customized synergistic trainings that realize logistical opportunity. Learn more about the future of business today at lcc.edu bci. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. It's time for Stars on Sports, a podcast radio show dedicated to sharing stories about our athletic program at Lansing Community College. LCC Athletics has a strong tradition. 23 national championship wins. Over 170 All-Americans. 19 MCCAA All-Sports trophies. Stars on Sports will introduce you to individuals that have contributed to our program's success and give you the backstory on what it takes to develop it. We'll also dive into and break down the topics and issues facing athletic departments across the nation and right here at LCC. This is Stars on Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stars on Sports. I am joined today by our assistant AD and baseball coach Stephen Cutter and hopefully our producer Dedalian um, as we talk about things going on in LCC sports and things across the nation in general. Last time we talked about parking and I want to follow up on parking. I don't know what order these podcasts will go but I am proud of my parking. I am backing up in the spots and staying in between the lines. I've shared the story with other people. I had baseball players come up to me after the games and ask and, and check out my parking at the baseball field. So, I mean, over the last week, you talk about accountability and, and making an effort. And I feel... <laughs> Nice touch today. Yeah, yeah, well done. <laughs> what do you think, Mr. Carter? Have you seen my parking in the last week? 
Well, I think you're doing better. So if we had video here, you also saw me clapping for you. That That's that's good stuff. I love it. I love that you're uh, trying to be intentional about getting better. And, and it, you know, we, we've joked around about it on a few podcasts, but it's really just one of those things where you're trying to be just a little bit better. And you can start with the really the most simple things. You'll see a lot of our baseball players, if you were to go into their apartments or, or their houses or whatever, you're going to you're going to see some things on their bathroom mirrors and it's going to be words and it's going to be words that are super intentional to them and it holds them accountable and so they they like to go and um you know hold other people accountable too so and and kind of make it a little bit fun and you know so i i love that they were checking your parking job at the baseball stadium <laughs> do you uh do that yourself the, the word on the mirror because i actually have up on mine right now enthusiasm and that is because I just want to embrace more things with more enthusiasm. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, I'll, I'll pick individual words usually on a yearly basis. So instead of making a New Year's resolution, I'll mm-hmm. pick a word and it won't necessarily be in January. It could be in late November or December, or, you know, whatever it might be. But you pick that word and that word stays with you. And enthusiasm's a great word. You know, one of the bigger words this year has been for me has just been uh, intentional instead of kind of glossing over a lot of things and having a lot of things happening at one time and then having a schedule where you're just like, Oh my gosh, I don't know whether I'm coming or going. If you're really intentional with things, you can be like, okay, I'm for this 40 minutes, I'm going to be really focused on whatever it might be. And then for the next 20, I can answer emails, I can take respond to texts and that kind of stuff. And so it's helped me be a little more disciplined and detailed in the stuff that I do. And then by doing that, it helps me become more organized. And of course, Greg has inside the lines on his mirror, right? Actually, my word is resilience. You know, <laughs> so you, you, get, you get hit a lot in this job with many things and you got to stay resilient. But back to inside the lines, I am doing much better staying inside. <laughs> Maybe it'll carry over to my coloring, but it takes me a half hour to park. And sometimes I get afraid when everyone's watching if it's really busy. But it's crazy where you only move a quarter of an inch and you're, 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 it's a struggle to, to get over that half an inch. So but this, I've gotten a lot better. Has this conversation created some anxiety for you? Yes. Some, <laughs> but I feel better. I, I am backing in. Improving. And, yeah, and even at home, I back in the garage for the first time yeah. ever this weekend. Um, so it's built confidence too. So, and that's part of the intent. And you know, one of the neat things I saw, and I like your word too, Dalian enthusiasm. I think is huge because I believe happiness is a choice, and everything mm-hmm. starts with being positive and happiness. And you know, I like look at my grandkids smiling every morning on my refrigerator. They're two school pictures that look kind of funny, but it, it just makes me happy. And sure. you know, too many people aren't enthusiastic about the day. They wish for five o'clock to come. They wish for the weekend to come. And they're, you know, it's just important in athletic that you can't overlook those things. And I like your word too, Stephen. One of the neatest things I saw this week, and I I wasn't going to share it with you was um, at at our baseball game this past weekend, we lost a tough game and you and I were um, helping with the officials and you could have been you. I don't know what emotions you were feeling, but it was a tough game that we lost. And there's a water bottle sitting on the ground, and you still picked it up and went and threw it away when you could have had so many other things. And I'm sure you did have many other things on your mind, but it, it, it stuck with me that you know that's important to him. He, I, I know both of us go around and pick things up, but you did it in a moment when no one was watching, 
and you had so many other things on your mind, um, I would think after a difficult loss. And I thought that was just a very telling moment over the last week that stuck with me and, and even again, hold me accountable when I look at things on the ground and, and try and pick things up. So, you know, kudos to you and, and your word of being intentional because intentional is very important in athletics too. You can practice every day, but if you don't practice with intention, you're probably not going to get better at the things that you want to get better at. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, if you, if you coach, there's, there's some dark days in coaching, you know, there's some roller coasters and, and we really are, you know, super focused on not being wrapped up in the wins and the losses, but being wrapped up into the standards and the processes. But that doesn't mean that that when when you win, that winning makes you happy. I say it all the time. It's a sum winning and losing is a sum zero event. Winning makes you happy, losing makes you sad. And so even if you are wrapped up into standards and processes, when you do lose, I mean, we had the nation's longest winning streak going on at any level of baseball, and we lost, and it was weird. It was almost, the players said it was surreal. They they, they went through a, a college baseball, in the middle of the college baseball season for 45 days without losing a, a game. That's in the game of baseball. That's incredible. So it is surreal. But then if you do things and you're really consistent with things, you don't necessarily change no matter what's going on. You know, and if you're enthusiastic, it doesn't matter how many times you get hit with negative stuff. You're just like, I'm going to overpower that and I'm still going to be happy and I'm still going to be enthusiastic. And when we talk about details, that's one of those things. It doesn't matter if, if we're sad because we lost a baseball game. They're still going to clean the dugouts the same way. They're still going to pick up the opponent's trash and and anything else. And that's that's the mark of a good team. And and as leaders, students, student athletes look to their leaders not necessarily for their words that they say, but for the actions that they do. So I think that I appreciate you bringing that up. I had no idea that you were being very observant at that time and and really didn't think anything of it to be honest with you. And you didn't. And, and I shared with you one of my favorite stories over the last couple of years is when uh, Michigan basketball coach, coach John Juan Howard went out and wiped the floor up with a towel. He just grabbed it and went out and did it. And in today's society, even, even in sports, you know, we expect a lot of people to do things for us. And, you know, I was joking with a parent the other day in some sports, parents carry their kids' bags for them to and from the dugout <laughs> to the car. And, you know, what, what are we teaching kids if, if we allow – that that happens but it was you know a telling moment Marie, because there were a lot of emotions going on and your focus was elsewhere but you could tell that it still you know that you weren't doing it just the the show off or whatever you do it because that's what you do every day and and that is important and that again picking up trash is important to me too that mm -hmm. if we all picked up our, after ourselves we'd have a lot better cleaner place and mm -hmm. wouldn't need sure. so many other people but and to your point the dalian about having the the word on the mirror ever seeing it is believing it you and i have you know have talked mm -hmm. about that that you got to see it first before you can and then do it mm -hmm. and so it is important having that word up there to see it and remind you of what you have to do because it is a choice and it is important to to have that reminder to make that choice and make the right choice and you made the right choice you know picking up that water bottle when you had so many other things going on in your mind. And then the next thing it led to is how we responded. You know, we were both believers of E plus R equals O and your team came back and responded after a tough loss, which it could, you know, we've seen some teams that it's gone in a whole direction and led them, you know, 
they beat you again, they say. Don't let a team beat you twice when you lose that next game because you're still dwelling on the on the previous game. So just a lot of little lessons we've learned in the last week that we talk about apply to parking, apply to school, apply to sports, and most importantly, apply to life. Yeah, good stuff. Really good stuff. Mm-hmm. It is good stuff. And, you know, seeing our, our, our kids buy into that is important because that's what we want. We want them picking up after themselves. We want them respecting their facilities and their sport and in the, in the game itself. And, and when you lose, you know, losing reveals a lot about character. And, and, and class, people. too. Yep. You yep. know, that's one of the big, you know, bigger things that we talk about in our program is to make sure that you win with class and that you lose with class and you don't necessarily change by results of a scoreboard or, you know, umpires or anything else that you, you just have class and you stay the same. And, and that's something that we don't always see because it is a, it is a pretty big thing when some of our athletic teams get beat by other teams and, and it's, it's, it's a big deal. And, and so that class is, is really important to us and we want to make sure that, you know, we do, the baseball program wins a lot of the games that they do play, but we want to make sure that when they do lose, because they're going to lose, they're they're playing a really tough, self-defeating sport, just like softball, you know, that they lose with class and dignity. And that's something that you constantly need to work on because they're, they're young adults, you know, and they, they can forget things pretty quickly. And that's what excites me about sport and life is it, it – it teaches us how to handle adversity in a game, not in life. You know, there's a lot more things they're probably dealing with at home that they bring to the ballpark every day or the basketball court or to the running track. But sports teaches them how to handle adversity. And, and you know, we haven't seen a lot of teams win with class on the news in the in the last couple of years in, in the field of sports. And we, some teams do have targets on their back because of their success in at LCC, we've had our share of success. You hear in our, our opening of how much success we've had on the on the on the field, the court, and the track. And so we do have a target on your back. We usually do, do get people's best games, but you know that's a great reminder too of winning with class and losing with class because that's about character and that's something you know in educational athletics that is the utmost of important to, of teaching our student athletes character and you're right it, it has to be taught it's not just something that's inherent and and it has to be taught in some of the most difficult game situations the same as leadership or being pi- positive or mindfulness or whatever it is it's it's all muscles that are grown by you know continually working on them you're not just naturally born a great leader or anything else so all those things are constant things that you're working on and whether you're 65 or you're 18 years old, you just continue working on that stuff, trying to get a little bit better. When you see teams that do are able to do some of that stuff, whether the scoreboard is in their favor or not, you you tend to see fans just, you know, put some hands together because it is one of those things that, you know, you can appreciate. And even the common person that doesn't have much uh, vested interest in either one of those teams can see that, those pieces of it because they really, really stand out more than what people realize they do. And that's true. And it definitely stands out and, and, and it's important and it's, it's what we want, you know, LCC to be known for and represented. I mean, at 
every school I've been at, one of my models is represent your school well, represent LCC well, represent Mason well, represent Eaton Rapids well, um, because we are out there in the public eye and have people watching us. And I always joked in my, my previous job that people aren't coming in watching people taking a calculus exam. They're not coming in the classroom to watch, you know, the lecture that day, but they are. Music and sports. Yeah. Is two of the you know, biggest things in, that bring people together. Yeah. 100%. And and I saw, you know, when, during COVID when so many people were scrutinizing healthcare people and teachers because of the, the change in their organizational structure, you know, there are people out there saying, welcome to coaches world, welcome, welcome to band instructor, choir instructors world, where so many people are just sitting back there and saying, why'd you pitch that guy on that day? Or why, yeah. why that kid in that lineup or shooting those free throws? So, um, but it's important back to character that our student athletes understand that because they they do have LCC. That's the other thing that's different. We have LCC on our our jerseys on our warm up. That people, hey, that's an LCC baseball player. I, I always heard this joke where this high school student goes in and, and robs something in the gas station and he had his varsity letter coat on with his name on it, you know, and and we dealt <laughs> wow. with. Do you think it's a, because I've been asked this question at least five or six times along with winning and streaks and different things, but do you think it's a good thing that LCC has the proverbial targets on their backs that people tend to want to beat Lansing just because of the success, the all those national championships and everything else? That's a great question. And as an administrator, I, I have two answers, actually. Yes, because as an administrator that's competitive and wants to be successful, I want to win. I want to be at the highest level. As an administrator worried about game management, it creates tension because, as you've seen, when the other team has success, it can, it can add other dimensions to the game, such as sportsmanship, such as um, – over celebrating or a lack of or frustration on our part because some teams feel like they won a championship when they win a game and I've experienced that at other levels you know at, the, at my high school level too where we, when you have targets on your back um, it can create a, a, a challenging game management situation which so do I don't you mind. Do you think it's easier to manage a program that doesn't win as often? Do you think it's easier on that side of the coin versus managing a program that wins very consistently? Not to me because I want to win. I mean, if you if you have that standard of you don't care about winning and you just want to participate or have opportunity, then it is pretty a pretty average easier. or media standard. Yeah. But when you're trying to strive to be better every day, it, it's more difficult and you, you want to get to that winning attitude. And I've been in programs that have experienced both sides and and there's pros and cons to, to all parts of that of, of whether people are happy or, or not happy or you know are people you know just want their kid to play or do they want the team to win and and you balance that because I had what my high school baseball coach one time always said uh, the parents want the eight best kids and their their kid to start a game and and most parents get that, you know, why kids are starting or, or playing or if they're getting subbed in. But to me, I want to get better. So I want to manage our program that we are getting better. And, and, and it's hard to get better some days. I mean, there's difficult days on the job and, and every job has that. 
but we have a, a, a scoreboard that measures a lot of that for us. But when you dig deeper, there's a lot of other things, retention, you know, graduation, transfers, um, good grades that also play into the success. So I don't always judge what's on the, on the scoreboard. I mean, I've had coaches think when I come in the first year, oh, you're going to fire me because I had a bad year. And no, it, it's fluid. I mean, you know, there's people that jumped off our bandwagon after that loss on Sunday or Saturday thinking, oh, this team's headed in a, a different direction. But sports gives you time back to our Kobe Bryant failure quote of, you know, it, it's what you do from that failure, not letting that failure define you. And again, I think sports is a great um, avenue for that. But I wanted to get back to my parking because I think I had, I, that's a win too. You know, I, I did win in the parking world. And, and I, I, I just remember, I listened to our last podcast on LCC Connect, and I'm pretty sure Dedalian titled it something about Greg parking. Is that correct, Dedalian? I'd have to look again. I'm pretty sure I, he did. The last topic of our, of our podcast was... Um, I, I know it came up for sure. So, so hopefully this is our last last, last podcast. We can talk about Greg's nice parking, parking. Greg. See, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, so. but you're right. I mean, whether it's with parking or anything else, you're trying to win. And you talked about Kobe Bryant, and and somebody asked him, "What does winning mean to you?" And when we're talking about winning, and what they were asking him was not, you know, what's a a 97 to 92 win mean to you, but what's winning mean to you and trying to do, you know, what you were talking about there or anything else that we talk about. And he, he said one word and he said everything. And, and that's, that's a really powerful statement because it means everything to try to win, whether you're, you know, packing groceries at the, at the store, being the best person that best person that you can possibly be to put the groceries in the bag, you know, as good as you can be. Well, and I wasn't a Kobe fan, you know, following because he didn't play for one of my favorite teams. But the more I learned about him, everything meant everything to him. He he would get there early and, and work. I mean, I heard stories where he'd get there at 4 a.m. and shoot. And he would be on free throw lines asking other players, what are they doing to, to be better? So, you know, when you talk about that, everything, it, it meant a lot to him. And back to winning, one of my, you know, in, in sports, you get a lot of cliches and a lot of mottos and, and you know, catchy phrases. But one of my favorites always was win the day, you know, win the day, WTD. And that's more than winning the game or winning on the scoreboard. But back to our earlier conversation about trying to get to five o'clock or trying to get to the weekend, win that day. You win that day. It's like doing your job. You know, and, and I know. And so you you take it one step further. Win the day is great, but how about win W I N? What's important now? Mm -hmm. And you win the moment. Pretty soon you start stacking all those moments, and then you've you've won the day, and then pretty soon you win the week. You know, the the month and the year, and you look back and you're like, holy smokes! Look at how many things have transformed for my inner circle. And and. You're right, and we talk about stacking wins. And last week, I, you know, I had a good morning going for me. I sent you're on the road at a baseball game. I sent you a picture of me parking. I sent you a picture <laughs> of, a, of our video working that hadn't worked since we moved yeah. up there. And then yeah. you text me back, stacking the wins, <laughs> you, you know. And, and and I felt good, you know. I, that was a good way to start the day about winning, winning the moment. So um, I feel I won the moment in parking. 
that wasn't even the conversation I thought we, I was actually trying to get to our partnerships and team dynamic in sports for the last two podcasts, but that will be saved for another time since, you know, a great topic on lessons in sports and, and the things that, how we yeah, respond to them and sure. our, our words. So good stuff. Anything else to add, anyone? Congratulations once again on your fine parking. The crowd loves it. Go Stars! Stars on Sports is recorded live at the WLNZ Studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Didalian Lowry. You can listen to this episode and other episodes of Stars on Sports on demand at lccconnect.org. To find more information about our athletic program, visit lccstars.com. Thanks for listening. Go Stars! Connecting you with Lansing Community College. This is LCC Connect. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College's dual enrollment program offers the opportunity for qualified high school students to earn college credit while working towards their high school diploma. Dual enrollment lets students receive educational advancement in areas where the student's interest is displayed, especially in courses and academic areas not available in the student's high school. To find out more information about dual enrollment, visit lcc.edu. LCC Connect is looking for Lansing Community College students to vibe with us. Join us for the podcast power-up contest. Students, your voice is important, so take this opportunity to tell us what's important to you with the chance to host a podcast radio show on 89.7 FM. We'll be taking power-up submissions through the end of summer. Catch the vibe and find the details at lcc.edu slash power-up. That's lcc.edu slash power-up. Michigan residents age 25 or older may qualify for Michigan Reconnect, a program providing free or reduced tuition to students who have not earned a prior college degree. Reconnect students are responsible for books and fees. Visit lcc.edu slash reconnect for more information. This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.